You're listening to the Comic Book Informer Podcast with Vince and Raj, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. Now here's your host, Vince. Hello, everybody, and welcome to issue 31 of the Comic Book Informer podcast. We are coming to you on Wednesday, June 25th, and it is another fine week to be here with my co-host, Roger. How you doing, buddy? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. Actually, I I read the la- I'll wait until we talk about what we've been reading. But the la- actually the very last comic book that I just read perked me up. It was, and it had nothing to do with fear <laughs> itself or or even Flashpoint. But I read something and it was like, oh. And I was so happy. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about that and what we've been reading. Okay, so pretty cool. Uh, just to put something aside, I did finally catch uh, X-Men First Class this past weekend. Oh. And I did find it was pretty darn good uh, up there with the first two X-Men movies. Though I wouldn't quite put it on par with, you know, Dark Knight like some reviewers have. Uh, the, there are parts of it that were really good. Magneto was fantastic. But there were parts of it that were just painful and bad directing bad acting but overall i enjoyed the movie cool i it is one that i'm actually looking forward to to seeing see we've gotten to the point now where we have a decent system and the wife and i really just aren't into going to the theater anymore and i know that has an impact on you know what kind of shows we're going to be seeing because ticket sales still have a huge impact on that but we just i can't stand it anymore i can't stand the crowds i can't stand the getting kicked or the people talking and all that we've got again a nice system that it's you just sit down watch a nice blu-ray and it's better than anything we could do so a lot of these shows i'm really dying to see but i have to wait until they come out on blu-ray yeah i have a pretty good system of uh checking out movies in the theater when i really want to see them yeah no no hassle good times It's not too bad uh, now that I've sort of figured out the secrets. But anyway, (laughs) we got a little bit of news this week, and this is coming off of the whole DC relaunch. We found out that, yes, the long, long, long time running action comics and detective comics would be restarting with new number ones, which then passes the torch of longest continually ongoing series to Marvel's Uncanny X-Men, which is well into the four or five hundreds at this point. Well, It'll have that title for all of one month because in October, Marvel has announced they are ending Uncanny X-Men's current run. Uh, Apparently, the events in their upcoming schism where there's a, for lack of a better term, civil war within the X-Men are going to be so destructive that they say by the time this event is over, there won't be a need for an Uncanny X-Men comic. That's pretty interesting. It makes no sense to me. I... I read those two issues, the prelude issues, and like I was telling you before, I actually enjoyed them a lot. It was, it's a lot of backstory. So far, that's all we've seen really is backstory, but it's interesting and it's some backstory that we didn't already have. So I've actually been really enjoying them. I really, really thought the writing was phenomenal in both of those issues even though you're looking at something that's far more dramatic and less action which is a change for any x-men title so i i've been enjoying it but then they were saying that it's what's going on in this that's going to be lead, leading the way into these these events that are going to be shattering um essentially the x-men kind of thing and the way that I read it from that, that news briefing, the way they were talking was that 
the story dictated that it had to come to an end and they respected that now the cynic in me wants to believe that it's just a marketing thing why would you end uh, your longest running series why how does that make sense other than well so far everybody else is relaunching we might as well as well and i mean we saw them do it with fantastic four so i'm thinking that it's just they're they're wanting to wipe the slate clean with everything right now i don't think that it is the story dictating it now that said if it is the story dictating it then they painted themselves into a corner which is just piss poor writing is what it is because again why end a series that's been running that long it can't be because of the story that makes absolutely no sense it's because you want to reboot and start fresh with other x-men series it's definitely a possibility and we, we've talked so many times on the show about your stories having permanence things that you do need to last you know if you're going to kill someone keep them dead well if you're going to cancel a comic keep it canceled now maybe three four five years down the line bring uncanny x-men back when the time is right for it i would be okay with that so i we're really going to see where things go because but again how is how how is that going to be impacting then on your x-men legacy on the new x-men series that's going on how is that going to impact on all that because if basically x-men is no more or will be no more then how is that then going to impact on every other x-men series going on to be perfectly honest we're really just gonna have to wait and see exactly but, uh, right now i am loving absolutely everything written by both kieran gillen and jason aaron and uh, so i'm gonna go with cautiously optimistic on this one yeah well the the new stuff that's going on in uncanny x-men has been fun i've been enjoying it the the last issue was was quite good too i, I was really kind of digging it it's nothing you know earth shattering well kind of is in some regards but <laughs> it, it's 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 been fun but i'm not seeing it leading to you know the end of the series again to me it, it they can say that it's because the story's dictating it if so then they've painted themselves into a corner and that's piss poor writing or which to me makes a hell of a lot more sense it's just a marketing ploy that's all it is Wow. And we're seeing so much of that now yeah. with the complaining that we did about the 0.1 issues. That's that's all that is. So, again, I can see this very much just being a money grab. It's entirely possible. We'll, we'll find out starting next month because that's when uh, the schism actually begins. Yeah. Yeah. Before you go on to the, the discussions, though, are you going to mention because you, you touched on the uh, DC's relaunch and there was news about that as well. You want to touch on that? Uh, sure. Just uh, very slightly. Uh, DC this week did put out their um, solicits for the month of September. And we have confirmed that all 52 number ones are coming out in the same month. So start how, saving your pennies. How, how, how do they expect that people are going to be able to buy that many. That's that's absolutely ridiculous. And more importantly, how are they going to expect to get, you know, good sales numbers? I mean, obviously people are going to buy Justice League, they're going to buy Superman, they're going to buy Batman. But what about, you know, these second tier titles that do seem pretty interesting? Uh, stuff like the new Deathstroke, or uh, I'm even interested in the, their all-star Western comic that they have coming out. Obviously the lesser titles are going to get 
buried under the flood of the top tier titles and go, oh, you didn't sell anything. You're canceled. Well, of course they didn't sell anything. They were going up against issue one of Batman. There's it, it's it's too many. It's far, far, far too many. And I, I it, it wasn't well thought out. Like they're they're not considering that just like you're saying, there's going to be so many that are that don't get the attention they deserve. And quite frankly, there's just not going to be any possible way to try anything new. You're going to be buying all of your, your regular ones that you would buy anyway. And then you're going to be buying maybe a, well, the, the, if you weren't say buying Superman and Batman, you're likely to pick those up, pick up the big boys, even if you don't normally. And then, by then, you've spent how much money? A lot of these are going to be larger ones. You're looking at a minimum of 3 to $4 for these issues. I'm not even touching on the special foil-wrapped ones with the freaking <laughs> code inside, because that's going to be covers. a failure. Oh, dude. Oh, oh man. That's... I, 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 again, it's just going to be simply too much money. It's... I know I'm not picking them all up. There's just no way that I can. If they staggered them over three months, say, then, yeah, you can pick them all up, even pick up maybe some number twos of some issues that, you know, some series that maybe you were just trying out. At that point, it's still, there's a chance for them to survive. But doing it like this, it's exactly what you were saying. I think that the what could potentially be very good series from your second and third tier characters and whatnot are going to be lost in that shuffle. All right. So we're going to set all this relaunching talk aside and uh, the discussion for this week after last week's Flashpoint discussion figured this week would be a good time to talk about Marvel's big summer event. And that is fear itself. And I know, Roger, you have a lot of things to say about this, so I'll get my my stuff out of the way first. And the first issue of fear itself, I enjoyed. Uh, I really liked the first issue. I thought it set up a lot of interesting themes, uh, the the undercurrent of fear running throughout the general populace. And then, of course, you know, just awesomeness with these super powerful hammers coming down to Earth. And we see them in the hands of everybody from, you know, the Red Skull to the freaking Hulk. Like he needed to be more powerful. So I, I thought it was a decent setup for a way to tell an interesting story because we got all these promos about it of, you know, what do the heroes really fear? It shows, you know, Captain America, you know, his hopes have been broken, uh, showed Scott Summers wearing the Magneto outfit. I mean, that was pretty cool. So I was expecting this big event, you know, really playing on the characters themselves and playing on their fears and really giving an interesting twist to the characters. And after reading all three issues, I'm sorry to say none of that's there. So far, it's just been generic action and worse than just generic action it's generic action that is trying really hard to mean something it almost literally beating you over the head with this is really important to the point where they're killing off major characters and it just seems like it's all just there for me it has absolutely no weight this was a mini series i really wanted to enjoy and i'm not especially when flashpoint is being so awesome for dc I don't even think you can begin to compare this with Flashpoint. Um, not even close. In terms of the writing behind both of them, if you look at the writing behind Flashpoint, they took a cliched idea 
of time being changed, but they threw such a spin on every single thing regarding it that you can appreciate the writing there when you you're you're looking at again the the starting point being something cliched, but then the writing that took over from that point to determine all of the events that would have happened in this other universe, you know, this other parallel world is very, very strong. It's phenomenal. I, I, I With the exception of, <clears throat> pardon me, uh, Secret 7, I've loved everything I've been reading about this. It's been that good. This, however, Fear Itself, <laughs> was... I, I keep thinking in my head, what was the meeting where they all sat around to try to come up with this phenomenal idea that would have a, a global impact where it has to it has to hit every character, it has to hit all everybody, people everywhere, and I can just picture the one head honcho saying they're just gonna be afraid. And then somebody's saying, yeah, but afraid of what? No, no, you're thinking too much. You're overthinking this. No, no, no. They're just going to be afraid. Yeah, but there has to be. No, they're just, uh, you're fired. You know, just afraid, just fear. That's all that it's going to be. And that's it. Really, that's, there's, there's no, there's no meat to any of this. There's no, and I know they're trying with this serpent and, 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 and the hammers. Seriously. Oh, Sommer ruins so many things for me, and <laughs> and if you don't know what I'm talking about, you're not reading the gutters, and if you're not reading the gutters, shame on you. But his his cartoon with hammers for everybody basically is what this is, just a hammer sale, hammers for everybody. It's, it's stupid. The hammer thing is absolute stupidity, you know, and... I'm not digging it. And then again, the the when you're looking at, look at say Fear itself, Spider-Man. We've been digging Spider-Man so much lately. I mean, seriously, absolutely loving what's going on with Spider-Man. So then, I'm reading this and I'm thinking, okay, maybe this will be good. Maybe you know this will be redeeming Fear itself for the Deadpool issue. There's There's got to be something here. And it was two issues of everybody's afraid, and he is saving everybody despite him being afraid. That was it. It's it's complete... It's, it's what you said. They're trying really hard to say, no, 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 this is actually really important. No, 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 no. If you're not getting it, it's just because you're too stupid. You don't get it. You're not you know, highbrow enough to understand this is, this is big. It's not, it's a stupid concept that has no meat to it. I've got no use for it. And I've read a lot of the issues, a lot of the tie-ins, not a single one has done anything, anything for me. I, it's, it's useless. Yeah. Again, the whole, the whole fear thing, they really three issues in plus all the tie-ins, they really haven't even mentioned it so far. Like I, I liked some of the moments, um, like when the uh, the townspeople of Broxton are, are having the little discussions as they're moving away. I like that. Or you know, in issue two, the you know, where are the Avengers? You just see Steve Rogers in a total panic. There have been some good moments that, and those few good moments have really detracted from the overall. Like it's like, oh wow, this this is how good it could be. But it's not being that good. And like you said, the whole fear aspect, it's just there. They, they haven't even touched on why everybody's afraid at this point. And mind you, we're almost halfway through this miniseries right now. So at least we should have gotten something better than 
occasionally a character will refer to the serpent as the Lord of Terror. Okay, you know, they need to expand upon, you know, how maybe his touch is affecting the world and the general populace, but it's it's not there at all. This even calling this thing fear itself at this point is an absolute joke. Just call it hammers for everyone. That works for me. <laughs> yeah. And the whole thing too with Asgard and with Odin taking everybody away and all that has been and and no, I'm not particularly a fan of Thor and those stories for the most part, but it, that doesn't mean that I'm not willing to give it a shot. I know I joke around a lot about it, but like any series, I'm willing to always give it a shot. You you, you, you can always redeem yourself because, I mean, it's comics. Come on. You can always redeem yourself if you give me a good story. This here was, it just didn't fit, fit with the flow of the the. the this, the miniseries, like there, there's, there is no flow. I'm not seeing a flow throughout all of these, what's going on, all of these issues. It, it's not tying in well together. Where again, the obvious com comparison has to be with Flashpoint because they're the big events going on right now. Excuse me. And when you're looking at Flashpoint, things are tying in so nicely so beautifully it's a puzzle that was taken apart you got to see some corners you're looking around and you're seeing how things are fitting together while the story is going and you can appreciate it from a writing perspective fear itself it's not a freaking puzzle somebody passed it through a shredder a couple of times gave you a whole bunch of pieces of paper and say here make it work because it's all over the place and it, it's doing absolutely nothing for me well, I, I will connect the dots of fear itself for you in one sentence. You ready? Thor and Captain America both have movies this year. Yeah. Done. There, there, there you go. That was their concept for fear itself. How can we take Thor and Captain America and tie those two together in a big event? Because that's what we got. We've got Asgardian magical hammers and the Red Skull blowing up Washington, D.C. and other stuff in between. That's really all it's been so far. And... Just touching briefly on the Asgard things here, Matt Fraction, who's writing this miniseries, as much as I love Thor, I was not really into Fraction's work on Thor. I'm still not. Uh, he's still writing Mighty Thor, and that one's pretty iffy for me, especially when Journey into Mystery, for my opinion, is so amazing running alongside of it. So I don't know. I just fraction and the thor franchise haven't meshed together as well as he has been on iron man his his work on iron man is fantastic so yeah the the, the asgard parts they, they they don't quite work as well as i would like them to especially when it's supposed to be you know the central portion of the story so again just fear itself took an interesting concept everything we saw in those teasers and left it behind in favor of just you know a Michael Bay version of their story, if you will. Yeah, uh, honestly, it's again, this is supposed to be something that is so very important to the what's going on in Marvel right now. And they're touching on it in so many things right now. And yet, again, I'm willing to give all these things a fair shot. And I feel that I have with this and something so very important. And as it pertains to our podcast, I barely have any interest in talking about it. I don't think I don't think there's in there is anything to talk about. Not really. No, uh, but there is one thing to talk about, and that's the artwork. Uh, Stuart Amonin 
has absolutely killed those three issues. I really have to give him a lot of respect for uh, the artwork that he put into this miniseries. That's the the one thing you're looking at it, and again, it's, it's well, it's pretty. It's got no substance, but it's goddamn pretty. I'll give it that much. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna we're gonna touch on a few of the tie-ins here, and the first one and the main one I wanted to talk about was the Spider-Man uh, tie-in because again, the first issue of the Spider-Man tie-in, I really really enjoyed because at this point, you know, the the miniseries is still fresh. So again, we have the whole fear thing going on, and everybody in New York is freaking out, and Spider-Man's doing everything he can to try and keep it together while he's freaking out in his own ways. So that first issue was like, oh, okay, but this is pretty intense. But then a month later when, okay, it's still generic fear, it it cheapens the Spider-Man story because even the Spider-Man story doesn't have anything to work off of. So it just kind of has to resort to cliches. Is that especially what I saw, especially with the church scene? It was like, oh, really? <laughs> I, like I couldn't see that one coming a mile away. So I... I See, the, I really didn't even enjoy the first one because really, what was the first one? Everybody in New York is afraid and freaking out, including Spider-Man, and yet he is saving a whole bunch of people. That's it. That was the issue. I mean, I'm sorry. I know that within 22 pages, you're limited in terms of what a story can be, so you have to kind of play with that limitation. But... You need more than just everybody's afraid and he's saving people. That's all it was. And then in issue two, that's all it was. Mm -hmm. So to me, it's just, again, there's absolutely no substance what whatsoever in those two issues. See, for me, it was more like after reading the first issue, I saw that as the buildup and to the eventual payoff in issues two and three. So when that payoff didn't happen, it was just like, oh, so this is pretty much worthless, especially when we, we get the preview for the third issue where it seems like the story is taking a complete 180 degree turn and it's the last issue of the miniseries. So I'm, I don't even know what they were trying to do with the Spider-Man tie in now. I, with all of the tie-ins right now, what I've seen is that they don't have a plan. There, there really isn't. Either that or there is so little substance to the entire story arc as a whole that they have to spend most of their time building up with, you know, saving everybody and working towards defeating the Hammer Dudes and... But there's there's no other substance in between. And so they have to have a ton of filler that is literally wasted issues, wasted money that have no place in anybody's collections. Mm -hmm. Now, when it comes to the tie ins, I didn't want to discuss absolutely everything because I think you might have fired me if I made you read every single tie in. So I gave you your choice of tie ins to read. So why don't you touch on a few that, that you did happen to check out? Well, I read the the obviously the Spider-Man ones. I read the the worthy, which is just a little short thing. I, oh, my God. I read the Deadpool one. <laughs> I was shocked when you said you picked I, that one. I did. I read it. It was absolutely terrible. And it's funny because, again, we've talked about Deadpool many times. You, you have to in a comic book podcast. Um, I really don't like him in most things, although in Uncanny um, X-Force, my God, he's been fantastic. So it's not that I don't 
like Deadpool. It's just that I feel personally he has to be written in a specific way for me to like him. And again, I know that a lot of other people like the the absolute stupid Deadpool that is a farce. Fine, but I don't myself. So that fear itself, Deadpool, I... Well, it, it was painful to read. I read the Youth and Revolt. Uh, I'm just sorry. Just and honestly, it wasn't even that funny. No. If you're gonna write, you know, the the slapstick comical Deadpool, make it funny at least. Uh, like it was just it, it was seemed like more like how absurd can we make it instead of can we at least make this funny? So it, it was it was pretty disappointing, especially from a writer who writes a pretty damn funny web comic. Uh, it was, it, it, and you're right. There was, it was really just not funny at any point. I did not laugh. I didn't chuckle. I didn't think. I didn't even read it in terms of, of thinking. Okay, well, somebody somewhere must find this funny. I really, honestly, didn't think so. It was bad. Um, I read Youth in Revolt as well, which did not mean much to me because I had no tie-in with any of those characters. I'm sure that you probably knew them far more than I did, but. For me, it was nothing. Yeah, I'm familiar with the characters because while they've each had their their, their little spotlights in some of the various you know, C-list series over the years, they, they, do, they do get trotted out for each big event. Okay, they were here for Secret Invasion. Okay, they're here for the Siege. Well, it's time for Fear Itself. Let's, let's bring them out of retirement again to tell a story with them. And it was... It was okay. It was as expected from a bunch of characters that nobody's seen in two years. Well, and that's the thing. It was even for me who didn't recognize them the story still meant nothing to me it, it was it was just a the same crap that we are being force-fed in all of these issues right now you mean you didn't like the the plight of thor girl oh wasn't that just phenomenal oh my god dramatic <laughs> all the hell i was on the edge of my seat now, I will say this, though. There was one issue that I, I don't want to go as far as saying I enjoyed, but that was better than the rest. And it was surprisingly with a character that I've got no affection for, and that's Namor. I actually, the deep was not bad. I liked the, the integration, the, the character working together with him and Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. Um, the other characters, well, they were just... Nothing, really. I, I, I can see how Kid Hulk, whatever, whoever she is, is going to be someone that, you know, will be maybe more fun later on uh, in this little series. But actually just seeing Namor and Strange together was not bad. I, I didn't mind that one. Yeah, it, it was uh, of the lineup, pretty much one of my favorites again low standards here but especially especially since it's coming out of um the namor comic which i read a page of the first issue and stopped so (laughs) i was not expecting to like this one at all so i found it interesting which is pretty much the best we can say at this point it was interesting and again it, it taps into that whole old school thing where they you know they used to have their own little super team of the defenders with uh, Namor, Doctor Strange, Hulk, and the Silver Surfer. So, of course, they're, they're bringing that whole thing back together again, just minus the Hulk, because he's too busy smashing Brazil right now. Yeah, and it, it's exactly what you said. It was just that it was more interesting 
but it's still I would peg it as better than anything else I've read in this so far, including the actual fear itself <laughs> comics. Now that's bad. When your yeah. little tie-in that's supposed to be a nothing winds up being the most interesting issue out of all of this, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, um, I, I do have to say, though, the tie-ins within the regular monthly comics I've been enjoying. Uh, Thunderbolts 158, which touches on the whole juggernaut aspect. I thought that was really good. Again, I'm a fan of the series. So the way they've been developing Juggernaut's character over the last few months, this just seems like the next natural progression for what he's going to do. So I, I liked that. And especially when you see how his teammates react to to him destroying the prison it's, it's some pretty good stuff if you're into that and you're into those characters and again journey into mystery is just freaking awesome so i can't i can't say anything bad about that but fear itself overall not doing it and with four months left to go i don't i don't think it's going to be a very fun summer at this point um especially again flashpoint is being so great so you really have that counterpoint of it shows just how much they've missed the bus on this one. Well, the thing, too, is right now I'm so happy with what's going on in Flashpoint because I'm not sitting back thinking, oh, my God, now I've got crap to look forward to for months because I'm going to have to deal with this fear crap. No, I'm thinking, screw that. I'm not, I'm, I won't buy their issues. I'm just going to stick with all the stuff that I'm picking up for Flashpoint because I'm really serious, seriously digging that. So again, the DC is doing it right and they're, they're getting my money. Yeah, and that leads perfectly into, you know, what we're reading because I don't know about you, but what I'm reading is Flashpoint yep. and Anybody who's listened to our show knows I'm not a DC guy. There are, you know, a small handful of DC books that I legitimately enjoy. And the rest of them, I'd say they range from boring to awful, in my opinion. So it's shocking to me that every single Flashpoint tie-in has been awesome. The Deathstroke one was fantastic. I even liked the Frankenstein tie-in. I, I, I don't know where this you know sudden flash of creativity and innovation has come from in the DC staff, but if they can take all of this energy that they're putting into Flashpoint and carry it through to their big relaunch, it's going to be an exciting year for comics because, again, every single tie-in, with the exception of Secret 7, has been freaking awesome. The thing is, is just like what you're saying, like if they can keep this momentum going, which I I don't think it's possible for them to screw it up at this point. I don't think it is because, it, no, seriously, let's be honest. It's just they can't. It's when you're looking at the, the strength in the writing right now for what's going on right now, they've proven it over several issues now. So, okay, you they obviously know what they're doing. I, I simply cannot believe they can screw this up at this point. So what's going to wind up happening is that we've still got months of fantastic comics coming from DC before the relaunch. So we've got this insane buildup. And what's happening is that month by month, it's just getting better and better. So by the time we reach that climax of the, the September issues coming out, really 
people will be spending a lot more than they normally do just because the buildup will have been so fantastical over so many months that we're going to want to read all those number ones to see what the hell is going to be happening now in those titles. Yeah, it's I can't wait. So uh, what, what else has been on your plate? Actually, so that's obviously the, the everything in DC. I've been going through those like crazy, but I have actually been reading some Marvel stuff and not these stupid fear things. Um, I did pick up the um, X-Men Legacy 250, and that's a giant size one. And actually, hold on. I'm going to pick it up. I got it right over here. I got it. I got the copy. and That's pretty heavy. It's Well, I had to stretch for it. That's the thing. <laughs> Shut up, dude. So um, I picked it up. It's a giant size, you know, issue for $4.99 once again. Now, I don't know. Have you actually read this yet? I have. I am pissed off because <laughs> it is a giant size because they put a reprint of the New Mutants number 27 from, when is this, 85, I believe? Yeah, 1985. Yes, it's kind of pertinent because of what's going on with Legion, but they're charging us extra for a giant size issue because they put a reprint of an old issue that you could probably find for freaking 10 cents in a bin somewhere. And I really, really felt ripped off. The The actual story before that was fantastic. The whole time, Legion time, dude, that was... I was digging that. That was really, really fun to read. And then I'm thinking, okay, well, I've still got a lot to read here. This is just getting better. Well, hold on. New Mutants? What the hell? What the hell? <laughs> That's not right. So I was like seriously disappointed in that. Um, so, okay. So then I also read the two X-Men prelude to the Skashism, Shazism, Skashism. Well, you know what I'm saying. I, I actually really enjoyed those. I thought they were well written. I thought that even though a lot of it is backstory it was very interesting backstory that we hadn't seen before i mean the interactions between xavier and scott when he's young where he's just staring out into space with his <laughs> the beams shooting out and stuff the the lead-ups were good and everything i thought that it was very good and then the the issue with with uh, magneto where once again he's giving a story about his past i thought was really really quite good yeah, I actually uh, haven't really checked those out. I didn't hear very many good things about it, but okay. I, I might have to give it a second try. I I enjoyed it. But then I don't mind something that's slower, that is more dramatic and well-written. And I, I felt that these were. Um, and then there was Uncanny X-Force, number 11. Yes. Now, I, <laughs> I've been finding it hard to think that this series could get any better. <laughs> seriously because we've been really enjoying it a lot and that's saying a lot as well because once again deadpool's in this okay and it's like not a big fan but he's phenomenal in this x-force keeps getting better issue 11 was just all manner of awesome it just was fantastic and then this is my highlight of the day kurt's in it <laughs> it's a dark Especially Kurt. the little exchange with Wolverine. It's Aren't you supposed to be dead? dead yeah. <laughs> it was just 
And it, it's funny because, you know, a lot of people, if you've been reading comics as long as we have, even though, yeah, I took a 25-year break there, but I can remember these characters from before hell. I can remember when they were introduced kind of thing. And everybody's got their favorites and things like that. And Nightcrawler is one of mine, always has been. And so it's funny because I'm turning the pages and I had no idea this was coming up. So I'm flipping through and then he's there and there's this happy little feeling in me (laughs) because (laughs) I was so sad when he died and I was so upset that he wasn't in there anymore. And then it's like flip, flip, flip. And there he is. And it's like, oh my God, it's Nightcrawler. He's swashbuckling sword and everything. And I just thought it was awesome. And, I like the differences in him as well. I thought they were very interesting, very intriguing. Um, I want them to take him back. When they go back, <laughs> this is their way to write themselves out of having killed Kurt. This They can do it. It's again. Did you imagine Nightcrawler as a member of X-Force? Oh, see, again, this is, as a writer, <laughs> I see this and I drool. It's like, oh my God, I would have so much fun with this. And they managed to, again, it's it's writing themselves out of a corner. And they did it beautifully because they're not just, and we don't know if that's what they're going to do, but if they chose to bring him back, they're not just, you know, bringing him back as he was in that parallel world, but they could bring back a dark weird version of him that would have all manner of new stories, new possibilities, everything. I, I loved it. And, and it's not just because of him, that issue was just great. And the reveal at the end, dude, yet another, Oh my God, it was just, you, you kind of saw the foreshadowing obviously in, in the last, the, the second, to the last page. But even then it was like, again, how much better can X-Force continue to get? And I, I, it's one of the titles that I'm so looking forward to every month. Yeah, nothing more I can say there. Okay, I also read Wolverine number 10, um, which was a little disappointing at this point. I think that, uh, I don't know about you, but I'm kind of getting to a point where I'm almost feeling like I'm done with this story arc that they're on right now. Yeah, it was just generic Wolverine kills everybody story. Yeah, I I know that this is the resolution to what happened and all the lead up to to now, but I feel it's taking way too long and I'm simply not enjoying it at this point. It was like, really, it's... I I felt it was a waste of money, that Wolverine number 10. Um, And then I did pick up the the Ghost Rider point one. Um, I know, again, it's a marketing ploy, but it worked because... I picked it up and I wanted to know <laughs> if it's any good. And it was good. It was actually, it was it was nothing extraordinary. It was certainly not anything that, you know, I know the issue is not going to be worth anything later on because really it was just a kind of generic introduction. And I, I like the concept of what they're, they're alluding to at the end, you know, with the other ghostwriter kind of mm-hmm. things. Okay, that sounds cool. Sounds like it might actually be fun. And that then will maybe make people want to pick it up because then they won't be looking at the series just as same old, same old ghostwriter crap. But, oh, okay, they're going to throw a a curveball here and it might be interesting. Yeah, as somebody who's been reading ghostwriter for years, the the vast majority of this issue is just like, oh, okay. Like it, it wasn't anything I, I, I hadn't seen before, didn't already know. But yeah, yeah. then those last few pages, I was like, okay, now they're taking this in an interesting direction. I will check it out. Yeah. And then, of course, you can remember how we talked about the last issue of Ultimate Spider-Man. And it was mm-hmm. more of a meh kind of thing. 
159? Okay, you've got me back. You 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 got me back. And it was I read it, I read it again, and then I thought, okay, now now I am. Now I'm excited. Now I really can't wait for the last issue because yeah, it was awesome. It's freaking Aunt May. I mean, come on. Dude, that was just like it was like, <laughs> you go girl. That's that was great. And then the last one that I wanted to talk about is one that we had touched on as well, is uh the brand new series Samurai's Blood. Oh I, yes. I read that actually I read it today and I really really enjoyed it a lot i know that you also like old japanese stories same as i do and i absolutely loved this story and i loved the artwork was just insanely cool for a new series and i mean this number one was a buck People, yeah. if you haven't picked it up, seriously, a pick dollar. Go pick it up. You you can't get a coffee for that anymore. Like this was really, really quite good. Looks gorgeous, and I'm really looking forward to like continuing reading this story. Yeah, very, very interesting. So, so we'll leave it at so, that. That's all you got. All right. Oh, I got a hell of a lot more. Yeah. Actually, I've been going crazy, but I mean, that's enough for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we're going to wrap up with our new releases for today. On the Marvel side of things, we have Avengers number 14, Avengers Academy 15, Captain America Core number one, which is interesting to me. It seems like uh, they're rehashing the Thor core from uh, years back where they're taking various captains from throughout the timeline and throwing them into one story. Should be pretty interesting. Uh, we have Generation Hope number eight, Hulk number 35, Invincible Iron Man 505, Ruse number four, the last issue of that miniseries, Uncanny X-Men 538, X-Factor 221, X-Men number 13, and as we were just discussing, the hardcover collection of the Deathlock Nation storyline in Uncanny X-Force. Good stuff. I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to what's going on with uh, Generation Hope right now, so that's going to be fun to read. Same thing with Uncanny X-Force, or X-Men, I mean, I'm enjoying that little story arc, so I'm looking forward to where it's going to go. All right, DC, of course, we have Flashpoint and... They look pretty cool. Dead Man and the Flying Graysons. Oh. On the title alone, I'm buying that. I, yeah, it was sold. I, I saw the title when my comic dude sent the list, and I was like, sold that one, that one, make sure. And then again, simply on the title and the cover, Grod of War. Yep. And we have the Legion of Doom starring Heatwave. We'll see. And Wonder Woman and the Furies. So lots of Flashpoint goodness once again. Yep. And then just to wrap up from Image, we have Invincible number 80 and Walking Dead volume 14, No Way Out. Uh, if you're one of the ones who's been reading this in the trades instead of issue by issue, make sure you're sitting down and don't have any beverages in your hand when you read this one. So that wraps us up here on issue 31 of Comic Book Informer. As always, we are at comicbookinformer.com or Twitter at CBinformer. Uh, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, leave us reviews, leave us comments, and we'll see everybody next week. Twitter. Twitter, yeah, that was... <laughs> can, you, can you be any more clear with that? <laughs> Sound like a two-year-old. Twitter. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs>